Amen, amen, and welcome to Women of the Covenant. This is our podcast, and I have some news for you. We have changed our name. Hope International Ministry has changed its name, and uh, I am excited about this because the Lord has given me a vision, and he has given me, um, finally showed me where he wants the church to actually take its roots and have a building and everything. And so I'm, I'm very excited about this. He given me, he gave me this in the beginning of uh, January and I just been sitting on it and haven't said anything about it. Um, I, he hasn't released me totally to say where the, where it's going to be and all of that, because it's definitely, um, still a walk by faith. And, um, I don't know how it's going to come about. You know, I don't know how we're going to get there. I don't know how we're going to, the building is going to be established. I don't know any of that. I just know that God said that it's going to be here at this particular place. And so it's going to be there at that particular place. And I'm just walking by faith. Amen. So the ministry has changed names in accordance with what God is doing. And so um, we are no longer Hope International Ministries. Um, You may still see that um, um, because um, that is how people recognize the ministry. And Hope International Ministry, it still encompasses our online ministry. Um, to a certain degree. So you may still see that reference to our ministry, but the name of the ministry is now, drum roll please, (laughs) the name of the ministry is now um, Hope Media uh, Community Center. So it's Hope Media Community Center. And um, I'm very uh, just excited about that. So on this particular broadcast, um, instead of putting, um, what I'm going to put the little little picture that I usually put on there, but um, I will put the name of the new name of the ministry um, on the within the post, so you guys can uh, definitely refer back to it. And the website is still the same. Um, it's still Women of the Covenant, Tamika and King, Women of the Covenant um, website on Winx. Um, I didn't change that because, again, that is how um, people recognize the ministry uh, through that name and through that. So, But the content on the page is a little bit different. Um, so you will have to go on the page to look at all that. And I will just do a little bit of a blurb, you know, on the uh, description of this uh, teaching on today. So I am just very excited about what the Lord is doing. I have been sick and I'm struggling with uh, vertigo and migraines. I struggle with that at times. And so I've been under the weather, but um, thank God I am feeling good today and God is with me on today. And I'm so happy to come before you on today. So let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day, Lord God. We give you all honor and praise. We lift you up and we magnify you, Lord. We ask that you would come in the midst, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, for you said where two or three are gathered, there you would be in the midst, Lord. You said forsake not the gathering of the saints together, Lord God. You didn't say you had to be in a church, Lord. So we thank you that we can come online and we can we can gather together and worship your name, Lord God. That we can worship you in spirit and in truth wherever we go. 
that we are not confined to a building, that we can go online, that we can go in a home, that we can go wherever your presence is. And we know that your presence goes with us as we are children of the Most High God. So we honor you on today and we give you praise and we magnify you and we ask that you would just help us to get what we need to get from this teaching on today, that you would help us to uh, go to higher heights and deeper depths in you, that it would be none of us, but all of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So if I had to title this uh, podcast on today, it would be, She Nailed It, Kill It in the Spirit. Okay, again, I'm going to say that again. She Nailed It, Kill It in the Spirit. And the theme is prayer. We're going to be coming from Judges 4. More specifically, we're going to be coming from Judges 4.21, Judges 4.6, Judges 4, and Judges 4.9. Okay, so I'm going to go right into the scripture, and it reads, Judges 4.9. Certainly, I will go with you, said Deborah, but because of the course you are taking, the honor will not go, the honor will not be yours. For the Lord will deliver Syria, Caesarea, sorry, if I said that correctly, in the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. Okay, so here we have, um, we're talking about judges. And in the time of judges, we know that uh, uh, Israel was doing evil in the sight of the Lord. And so it was a process of uh, the Lord raising up a judge that would come in and judge the land and uh, was like kind of like the measuring scale of the land, um, the voice and the measuring scale of the land for that time, for Israel for that time. And in these land, in, in these long line of men, we see a prophetess, a woman. And this is the Old Testament, y'all. So when we go back to the Old Testament and we see a woman leading the people, you cannot say then that the Lord doesn't call women or the Lord doesn't allow women to preach because we see in the Old Testament that he has a prophetess there and he is allowing the prophetess to lead the people. Okay. So I just wanted to say that. (laughs) So, um, as we move forward and we look at Deborah, Deborah was, um, she was married and, uh, it mentions her husband in the scripture and it says that they would um, go to her under this tree and she would give them the word of the Lord and she would tell them um, advice and she would tell them what was right and wrong to do. Okay, so at this particular time, uh, the people were being um, oppressed by uh, Caesarea or Syria, or I might be saying his name wrong, who was the captain of the guard of this particular um, country and he was oppressing them. And so the Lord had uh, given, it was time now for um, them to come up against uh, this particular person and uh, come up against this particular country, starting with this particular person. And uh, so the word of the Lord comes to Barak and Barak is the person that the Lord wants to lead the army. And uh, this is where we are in the scripture. And so he's talking to Deborah and he's saying, he's telling, basically telling Deborah, I'm not going to go without you. And Deborah, a lot of times we find this in the church today, people put ministers, preachers, teachers, and I've done it before myself 
on pedestals and look at them as if they are God or equal to God. And we are just servants of God. And that is because a lot of times preachers and teachers can move in miracle signs and wonders. Now, sometimes things can be fake. Sometimes things can be non-real and set up and um, a fraud, but not all the time are things frauds in the kingdom of God, okay? And so it's a shame because of those things that have been found out to be frauds, a lot of people don't believe in miracle signs and wonders being real in the church today. But miracle signs and wonders are real in the church today. The power of God can come on someone and move through someone enough to where someone can be slain in the spirit, enough to where someone can be healed in their body of cancer or AIDS and go back to the doctor to uh, and see that they, the, the trace of the disease is, is was as if it was never even there. That can happen because it is the power of God. It is God doing it, not the person. But at the time when you're in that particular ministry, sometimes if the, if the minister doesn't set guidelines and boundaries in things um, and allow himself or herself to be worshipped, um, it can be, uh, you can look at that person as equal to God and that's not we're supposed, what we're supposed to do because we're not supposed to have any type of idols, not even the man or woman or the servant of God because again, we are just servants of God and we only get the gift that we have, the gifts that we have come from God, Amen. So we see Deborah here, or Deborah, um, what I guess would be the proper um, pronunciation, um, Prophetess Deborah. And we see her here, and she rebu- rebukes uh, or chastises Barak because when we serve God or when God tells us to do something, He's looking for us, or He's looking for our obedience. And when He wants us to be obedient, He wants us to be obedient in the full thing. To, 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 to carry it out all the way. It wasn't wrong for him to want um, the prophet the prophet to be there, but whether or not the prophet was there was null and void because it was God who was moving to do this thing, not the prophet, okay? So he had got it twisted. And so the honor didn't come to him. And back in those days, um, it, was, it was a big thing um, to honor integrity, and different things like that were, were really big. Not saying that they're not big today, but just in that particular system when you're going into a battle and you're, um, you know, you're fighting for your life uh, and and you're putting your life on your line, you're risking your life, um, um, honor was a big thing. And so we see that it was going to go to a woman and he would, and many times when you remember this verse and you remember this story, you don't even remember Barack. <laughs> you remember the woman who did what she did, and we're about to get to that soon, too. So let's go to uh, Judges 4.21 to continue on in the story. And this is the woman that I'm talking about. But J.L., Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and hammer and went quietly to him when he lay fast asleep and this is the um, captain of the army of the opposite side and lay asleep exhausted and she drove the peg through his temple into the ground and he died okay so woo, ain't that something 
So basically what happened was to kind of fill in the gaps. Okay, he was running for his life and Syria or Caesarea or however you want to say his name, he was running for his life and um, he had kind of escaped Barack and this woman had seen him, um, JL, she had seen him and invited him into her tent and said, oh, come on, rest here, rest here. And her husband was actually a uh, associate of his, so he didn't think anything of it. So he went into the tent and uh, he was exhausted and she gave him drink that he had asked for. And so she gave him drink, she treated him nicely. And uh, as soon as he fell asleep and he was fast asleep, she covered him up, went and got the tent peg, quietly went over to him and basically took the hammer and nailed his head down to the ground and killed him and crushed his skull. Okay. So at least she was merciful enough to cover his head. So and wait till he was asleep. So he didn't see it coming, but that, that, that was some serious, that she was, she was, she wasn't no joke. Okay. So what do we see in this? What do we see in this? Okay, so again, going back, God doesn't want us to serve him half-heartedly, okay? Barak, okay? He wouldn't do anything without the prophet. No, we don't do anything without God. He had, he got it twisted, okay? So he doesn't want us to serve him half-heartedly. We prophets, ministers, preachers, teachers, bishops, okay? We are servants of the Most High God. Um, as prophets, we are his mouthpiece. But it's God that does the work. It is God that when when God gives me a word, it's because God has given it to me. It's not coming from me myself. It's coming from God. The gift that God has given to me, it was placed on me upon birth, right? But it was a gift from God. I am responsible with how I use that gift. And what some people don't understand, even with people that can work miracle signs and wonders, um, that gift comes without repentance. So that means that it's a gift given at birth. And as you grow and as you grow, you and come to know God, you kind of understand that you have this gift. Um, it's it's kind of revealed to you um, through a process of time. And um, you can use the gift however you choose to. And that doesn't mean that people use it for the glorification of God all the time. Some people prostitute the gift and prostitute the gift is basically they prostitute their prophetic gift you know they use it to get money okay that's basically to sum it up they use it to get money and I'm not saying that you can't bless the man or woman of God with money out of reverence to God or out of uh, thankfulness to God for what he has done for you or out of a tithe or an offering I'm not saying you can't do that but I'm saying that they twisted and manipulated to get people to give them money. And that is the wrong thing to do. And that is what I don't do. I don't even, when I do prophetic sessions, I don't even charge for that. If someone wants to give me a donation after the prophetic session, find him well. But if you don't, that's fine. It's how God moves and how God moves on that person's heart. You know, I, I accept 50 cent as well as I would accept a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, you know? So, um, it's cause if we remember back in the Bible time, we go to the, if, cause someone is saying what 50 cent, if we go back in the Bible time to the widow's might, 
Okay. So back in the Bible time, when you gave your offering, it was like this tin um, that was lined in gold when people would come into this, to the service and they would give their offering. And so the more you would give, the more the tin would kind of cling, 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 cling. Okay. And so a lot of times the Pharisees and the Sadducees would give this whole bunch of money. So people would recognize them as being rich and, and prosperous and whatever. And they were doing it not to bless the church or bless the synagogue. They were doing it to be seen. However, it was this one um, person, uh, this widow, she didn't have much. She gave like two pennies. That was all she had. But the Lord said, you know, she gave more than all the other people that had given that day because she gave out of her need. You know, she gave all she had because she wanted to bless the house of God. Okay. So knowing, and she gave in faith and that's the big thing. She gave in faith knowing that God would take care of her. And that's the big thing. That's what I tell, you know, my, um, anyone who follows my ministry, that's what I tell my members when you sow, or when you give a donation or when you're paying your tithes, it's the faith that you give it in. You know, it's not the amount, it's the faith that you give it in. And by all means, if it comes down to a situation where I got to pay my rent and pay my tithes, pay your rent, give an offering if you can, you know, um, because God wants you to do things in decency and order and he knows your heart, you know, um, some people would pay their tithes and maybe be a little bit you know, maybe be a little bit short on the rent. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm not saying you can't do that because God will take care of you. But I'm saying God doesn't want you to give beyond your means or you to feel that, you know, uh, uh, obligated to do something that you may not be able to afford. Don't let anyone pressure you into giving is what I'm saying or manipulate you into giving because that's not the kingdom of God and that's not how God works. I don't know why I went there, but Amen. Hallelujah. Anyhow. So <laughs> we're continuing to talk about uh, Barak and Deborah. And we see that he obeyed God half-heartedly. And that's why obeying God half-heartedly comes at a cost. So he did not receive the honor for the win of the battle. God presents us, and this is the thing too, God presents us with opportunities. And when he presents you with that opportunity and you know it's God, because sometimes it's not always God, you know? Sometimes it's our own self-ambition. Sometimes we're moving a little bit too fast. You know, sometimes we're moving ahead of God. Sometimes it's the enemy bringing a fake, you know? Sometimes it's our own ambition and our own uh, desires. And we're calling it God and it's not. Um, but when God truly brings the opportunity before you, okay, he will always confirm his word. You will always know that it's him. And when you know, don't hesitate. Okay. Don't hesitate. And in this day and time, it's very important that we have discernment. What is discernment? Discernment is rightly dividing between good and evil to know when it's right and wrong. And that may seem like a simple thing, but the enemy is very, very cunning. He's like a wolf in sheep clothing, okay? That's what the Bible says. He's very cunning, he's very subtle. He knows the word of God, he believes in God. He knows God is true and he will try to trip you up every time, okay? 
and he is definitely real. So we see when we look at J- JL, we see that she used her woman's influence to get the man in the tent. So we must use what we got. <laughs> use what God has given you. Use the gifts that God has given you, you know, to do what God has called you to do. Amen. And she gave him a, she really did give him a merciful death. Um, she waited till he fell asleep. She used what she had around her to, for his death. And she was a very wise woman. On the flip side, we can't go around, you know, killing people with tent pegs. <laughs> Not in this day and time, right? We can't do that. When we see an enemy now, we have to take it on a spiritual plane. And what do I mean by that? On a spiritual plane, okay? So we know that angels and demons and God and the devil is all real. And those things are spiritual. They can't be seen with a natural eye. Sometimes through dreams and visions, God does allow people through gifts, through spiritual gifts. Again, that comes up again. God does allow people insight to see and uh, to see those types of things. But not everybody can. Some people lie and say they can, but they can't. Okay, that's a whole nother feather. That's why we need discernment to know the difference between good and evil. Because as I said, the enemy is subtle, you know, and we won't, don't want anyone to, we won't want to be, uh, it says in the word of God that we don't want to be tossed aside by every wind and doctrine. So that every new thing that comes out, we don't want to be led astray by it, thinking that it's God and it's not God. Is somebody using trickery? Is somebody trying to scam people? You know, is somebody trying to use the name of the Lord? Uh, in vain or use the name of the Lord to get money or to hustle people because some people do do that and it's not right and um, so that's why having discernment and having a, a, a relationship with the Holy Spirit you'll know certain things right away it'll bear witness with your spirit that okay this is not of God or something is not right or you'll hear that still small voice like this don't line up with the word or, you know, this doesn't feel right. You know, that gut feeling that kind of tells you, well, maybe I shouldn't go there or maybe I shouldn't do this or maybe I should fall back on this day, you know. And and a lot of people sometimes ignore that, but that is really God trying to talk to you and trying to tell you or try to warn you or, you know, trying to keep you from going somewhere or doing something that you shouldn't do, okay? That still small voice. So when we address it, in the spirit, we address it a lot of times through prayer. And we have to realize what our, who our enemy is. It's not necessarily people, it's the enemy influencing those people to do and say certain things. And so if we address it in the spirit, we have to, under, have to understand that these matters are spiritual matters and these matters can also manifest itself as a spirit, okay? As a lust spirit, as a, uh, a uh, uh, wrath spirit, as a jealous spirit, as an envious spirit, okay, different things like that can be manifested through people and sent from the enemy for people to react in a certain way. And some people don't believe in this, but it, I tell you, it is definitely true. And, um, we have to be able to have discernment in order to realize that, okay, this is a type of spirit working in that, that person. So you don't pray against the person. You pray against the spirit working in that person that's sent from the enemy, the devil, 
to try to come against you. We don't come against the person, okay? We come against the spirit behind the person. Because in all actuality, we are all God's family. We are all God's children. And he doesn't want his children fighting against each other. If he is the main parent, if he is God the father, he doesn't want his children fighting against each other, right? Okay. So even though this may seem a little bit deep and it may seem a little bit to some far-fetched, it is definitely true and it is definitely real. And we have to have this time now for the body of Christ to receive the Holy Spirit fully and to know the Holy Spirit fully, to know and accept the full gospel, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, to accept the full gospel, to accept Jesus as the Son of God, as 100% human, 100% God, that he came in the flesh through a virgin to come on the cross to die for our sins. To accept the Bible as it is, an absolute truth, and the only way to heaven. Jesus is the only way to heaven. We must accept him as our personal savior in order to experience, to be saved from our sins, and to enter into his kingdom, which is heaven. That is really, truly the only way. It's not being good. It's not the Ten Commandments came to show us that we really need him, to show us our sin. Sin is um, disobedience towards God. When we're born into this world, we have a natural dispensation, a natural desire to do anything and everything that is against God, because that is our human nature. So when we begin to talk about spiritual things, it's going to sound foreign to the person that has never been introduced to the Holy Spirit, who has never understood or been uh, acquainted with spiritual things or spirituality. And then on the opposite end, to someone who has been introduced to spirituality in the wrong way, such as psychics and mediums and astrology and the universe and all those things, all those powers come from the enemy because he is the prince of the air and the second heaven, which would be the heavens and the sky and the planets and all that. That is where all the spiritual activity takes place. And who is the prince of the air is the devil. (laughs) Okay. So when you start dealing in those things, not knowing that you're stepping into uh, the devil's realm and you're getting this power and you're not knowing where this power is coming from, the devil, don't, don't mistake me, the devil does have power, but there's no power greater than God. Amen? So I've said a lot today. We went through a lot today, okay? But we must know that we... We must know and learn the Holy Spirit. If you haven't taken anything else, we must know and learn the Holy Spirit. And I am going to come back to these spiritual things because this is really the nitty gritty of the book that I'm writing, Welling Women, um, A Guide to Prayer. And um, it's talking about prophetic prayers and how to pray and Um, What's the difference between regular prayers and prophetic prayers and spiritual warfare prayers? And it has all of that in it to help you to understand 
how to pray. It has example prayers in there that you can pray out loud for breakthrough in your life and your family's life. It will be coming soon. So God bless you. Heaven smile upon you. I thank you for following the ministry and please, please, please pray and ask God to introduce you to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.